Hey guys, welcome to Fiction Fixation. Each week we get together and recap a different book or movie. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. This week we're talking about the Netflix movie, The Duff, and it's an acronym for, what is it? Uh, Designated Ugly Fat Friend. Yeah, casual. Okay. So we're off to a good start. This is just great for teenage girl self-esteem. <laughs> yes, right in the title. Let's shame them. <laughs> then it's starring Mae Whitman. And if anybody ever made a movie about me, I want Mae Whitman to play me. I was thinking she has very, like, Jennifer Lawrence energy. It's a very non-threatening, hyper-self-deprecating, girl-next-door energy. Like, if the girl-next-door... Add Lexapro. Because <laughs> the girl next door needed Lexapro. Yeah, her name is Bianca. She's a child of divorce and her mom is a self-help guru. Which probably makes things a whole lot worse. I mean, it, it was a really interesting insight to kind of see. It wasn't a big part of the movie, but you get these kind of snippets where she's trying to connect with her mom and her mom is too busy giving talking points. Like she's doing a TED Talk all the time. I would go insane if... My mom was constantly giving me a TED Talk. Like, she's constantly giving her, like, affirmation mm -hmm. instead of, like, actually helping her. Well, it's almost like she's not listening because the daughter's trying yeah. to tell her what's happening. And the mom is like, it's the three D's of life or some crap, you know, just. Yeah, no. And her mom just goes straight into, like, self-help author mode. She's like, oh, a problem. This will fix any problem. I don't care what it's about. Well, Bianca, in the beginning of the film, she's doing fine. I mean, she's not super comfortable in her skin or anything, but she's she's just going about her high school experience. What makes this worse is that Bianca has very hot friends. She does, yeah. There's a very, there's a big contrast between Bianca and her friends. Bianca's wearing overalls and flannels, <laughs> no makeup. While her friends are wearing jeans and skirts and pretty flowery tops and yeah. their hair is straightened and curled and they're wearing a full face of makeup. So there's a big contrast there yeah. between Bianca and her friends. In the opening scene, there's uh, some guys like, oh, yes, like Jess is very hot and Cassie is really hot. And Bianca, Bianca has hot friends. Yeah. Like it's, shut the fuck up. You can't find anything else to say about Bianca. It was just kind of highlighting the fact that she's kind of the third wheel in the whole hotness mm -hmm. thing. But Bianca's friends, her best friend, she has two best friends, Jess and Cassie. And I feel like they're hot because they are confident. They each mm -hmm. like know what they're good at. Like Jess is a designer or, or she wants mm -hmm. to be a designer. She's really good at making clothes. Cassie's like a hacker. Like she's really good with techie stuff. Mm -hmm. And you could tell they're comfortable in their own skin. I feel like when you're comfortable in your skin, it comes out. And you look yeah. confident. And when you look confident, you look hot. And Bianca is not confident. She she is not confident at all. Which, I don't know. I was that girl in high school. So, like, I... You are Bianca? I feel this. I wonder how many core memories people have <laughs> that are from middle school or high school trauma. Because I have at least two. <laughs> I had a rough time in middle school. I had a, um, a wart on the end of my nose. <gasps> no. Yeah, I had a wart on the end of my nose that grew back like three times. Um, and how you get rid of warts is you have them frozen off. Yeah. Um, and when you freeze off a wart, they turn black <gasps> until they like finish dying and then it falls off. And do you know what rhymes with Courtney? Wartney. Yeah. My friends came up with that. Oh, my God. No. It's funny because we're talking so much about middle school right now. This story does not take place in middle school. It takes place in high school. Yeah. Um, one thing that Bianca is really good at is the school newspaper. She's on the school newspaper. Yeah. And so are her two friends, um, Casey and Jess. They're on the school newspaper, too. However, it feels like, you know, one of them is into the techie aspects of, like, formatting and editing. And the other one is into, like, the photography and stuff of it. While as... Bianca is actually kind of shining through as like, yeah. the journalist of the group. She's a writer. She's the writer. I feel you, girl. I feel yeah. It. As writers, we can attest to the fact that uh, th there's a lot of deep insecurity that comes from don't look at my face, look at my words yeah. that are written down and not coming from my face. Yes. They're coming from a paper that was once in the vicinity of me, but is no longer. I've actually never touched this paper. I typed it. So <laughs> it's, it's like you want to be heard. 
but yeah. you don't want to be seen and yes. you don't want to be like you just you have something to say, but you don't want anyone to know that it came out of your mouth. Unless they love it. And then they can know. Then, yeah. You know, totally. Yeah. So Bianca writes for the school newspaper. Her teacher is looking for someone to write kind of a feature article on homecoming. And he's like, hey, I need someone to write a a, a paper on homecoming. And everyone's just, just kind of. Yeah, crickets. Nobody wants to do it. So he volunteers Bianca. He's like, Bianca, you've got this. And she's like, I don't even want to go to homecoming. And he's like, nope, you got this. Write a paper about homecoming. She goes back and forth with her teacher for a minute until he's yeah. like, Bianca, Bianca, honey, I've spoken. Well, because newspaper, it's a class. So it's like you can't just say I'm not going to do this assignment. You have to do it or you're going to get a bad grade and fail that class. And if you fail an elective, like that's sad. <laughs> like you chose to be there. Like you have to try to pass this class. Bianca does not want to go to homecoming. She is very no. anti-homecoming. She wants to stay at home and Netflix all night. That's what she wants to do. Just Netflix and pizza. By herself. Um, But Bianca is also like completely enamored with this boy named Toby. Yeah. So if she did go to homecoming, because her friends are like, you should try to go and, you know, get a date. And she's like, I don't want a date. And well, except for Toby Parker. Toby is just like the epitome of starving musician who's seems super chill and nice, kind of a stoner. He kind of gives off a stoner vibe. There's just something about his hair. It is like the surfer hair. And there's something mm -hmm. about the hair that just screams red flag to me. No guy that is that obsessed with his hair can be good news. Like, it can't be good I mean, news. But is he obsessed with his hair? Does he just have naturally nice hair? Because, you know, yeah. that's how nature is. Like, they give men beautiful, wavy locks. That they just hack off when it gets to their ears. Mm -hmm. Bianca is again obsessed with Toby. She she can't she can't speak to him. Yeah, she can only say up to two words, and then she just kind of has to like dip away, like be like, okay, bye. <laughs> so I I understand being that frustrated over words, um, because like you need to prepare for conversations, and then when someone ambushes you like that, A thousand percent. Yeah, you know, you're just like ah. I relate to that so much because when I was Bianca's age, really younger, when I was in middle school specifically, I had so many conversations in my head. They were rehearsed. I was prepared to have the conversation and I ended up never having them because no one ever started the conversation the way I practiced it in my head. So it's like now we can't talk. Yeah. So you, you have to leave. <laughs> now I have to walk away because you didn't follow the rules you didn't know exist. God damn it. Who opens a conversation with, hey, like, no. I hate small talk. Small talk really makes me feel like I'm dying inside. Yeah. Let's dig a little deeper. Let's talk about our yeah. fears and anxieties. Not about the weather. Yeah. Like if somebody, if I was in line at like a grocery store and someone's like, so which antidepressant are you on? Hi. <laughs> Let's I would be like, yes. Can you imagine, though, like you're at the grocery store and then you're just like picking out bananas and then somebody comes up to you and it's like, that reminds me of the day my father left because he was so mad at my mom for not making the banana nut muffins. I would just be like, tell me more. Like, I'm invested. <laughs> Let's go, girl. We're not done with this conversation. Do you want to go have coffee? Like, I feel like we're friends now. Cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> I, I do need to finish my grocery shopping, but if you want to walk with me, we can yeah. we can Let's... dig a little deeper in this and then maybe go get a cake pop, you know? Let's go down the cereal aisle, see if the instant oatmeal triggers any other memories. You know, we'll get to the bottom of this together. Um, you're like, we could talk about you until we get to the coffee aisle, in which case I will need to start talking <laughs> about my trauma. Um, we can switch back to you after that, but yeah. just have to eat a minute later. And they're like, I was on my headset. I was talking to someone else. <laughs> I was um, I was talking to my therapist. Uh, um, I'm on a better health call right now. So, ma'am, can you step away from me and the bananas? You're freaking me out. Bianca, our main, our our awkward main character is surrounded by these hot girls. She seems kind of unaware of the fact that she's the ugly friend. You know, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. So she's a little unaware here. Um, and not only is she surrounded by hot friends, 
She is also neighbors and mm-hmm. I guess sort of like childhood friends. Yeah. With a really hot dude named Wes. Girl, Wesley is a snack. He is a snack and a half. And let me tell you, I what I really like about this movie, he does not look like a teenage boy. He, the actor, I'm sure is in his 20s. 27. I love seeing like older guys playing high school students because it makes me not feel weird. Yeah, no, for real. I think I think Mae Whitman was also like in her twenties. Yeah. So Wes is, you know, he's a jock. He's uh, kind of doesn't have a reputation for being very smart because he's hot. So you know, that's all. That's all you need. Who needs to be smart when you are hot? Not Wes. <laughs> Wes, being on the football team and being one of the hottest guys in school, he is dating Madison, the beachy, bitchy, beachy, the bitchy, the bitchy popular girl. So not he was dating Madison. They broke up. Oh, OK, but that's how we're yeah, introduced yeah, yeah. to Wes here is that he comes up to talk to Bianca because they're neighbors. And I wouldn't say they're friends, but they are definitely friendly. Yeah. They're comfortable with each other because they've known each other their whole lives. Yeah. But she mentions they used to take like baths together when they were little. So yeah. like they. They've shared butt water. Like it's cool. <laughs> They're basically married. I do not share butt water with my husband. <laughs> I don't know what you guys get up to in Casa de Courtney. But uh... I mean, butt water apparently. But so Madison sees Bianca talking to. Wes mm-hmm. and she comes up and just starts kissing Wes while we're making eye contact with Bianca. She's kissing Wes and yeah. making eye contact with Bianca like it's some weird yeah. threesome. She's she's peeing on him, but with her mouth. And then she stops and she's like, "Oh, Bianca, I didn't even see you there, girl." <laughs> How it? But like we've very quickly we've established that of all the girls in the school, Bianca is the least threatening to Madison like Mm -hmm. why is she acting super jealous that Bianca's talking to her ex-boyfriend like who cares I I don't think it would matter who was talking to her ex-boyfriend like that's the thing is that they're not even going out anymore that's her yeah she kisses him and then she smacks him yeah and she's like we're not back together and he's just like oh the games I love them So Madison, she's a bitch. Yeah. She invited everybody to a party. Well, actually, yeah. she did not invite Bianca. Well, it's so rude because Madison goes up to the three of them, to Bianca and her two friends, Jess and Cassie. And Madison is like, hey, girls. And she's only talking to the to Bianca's friends. She's not talking to her, even though Bianca's standing right there. But Madison's like, hey, Jess and Cassie, I'm having a party tonight. You guys should come. And Bianca's like, oh my God, that sounds like fun. And Madison's like, oh, actually, I only have two invitations and you need an invitation to get in. One of Bianca's friends came in clutch, ripped her invitation in half and was like, look, now we have two. So you can fuck off Madison. So so Cassie and Jess, like, they're not mean hot girls. Like, they're really nice. They're good friends. And they really care about Bianca. They do. They're really good friends, but they don't care about her enough to be like, girl, you should try showering sometimes. Like, you know, you get some bags under your eyes, maybe a little bit of concealer, you know, come on, yeah. like, help, her, help her out. She's looking a little rough. Uh, maybe a messy bun every now and then. Listen, appearances are not everything, but they're not nothing. You know, yeah. they, they are something. We've got to try a little bit. Listen, if I had to choose between being pretty and smart, it would 100% be pretty. Like, it's, uh, that's, I, <laughs> anyways, so this party at Madison's house, Madison, it, she is what she likes to call pre-famous. So she literally <laughs> has her little lackey, Caitlin. She has lackey just walking around, videotaping and chronicling everything. She thinks it's like a documentary for her life. Like someone wants all this footage. Yeah, she's like, I what you call pre-famous. And of course, Wesley is there. And he is kind of talking to Bianca about her hot friends. Yeah. And he calls her B, and I think it's super cute. Yeah, he calls her B. He's like, hey, B. He's like, what's up? She's like, nothing. And he's like, do your friends, do they ever partake in activities together that I can join in and or watch? He's being a perv. Bianca says... Um, it's not my job to give you info on my friends. And he's like, um, as mm-hmm. they're duff, that is your job. 
Yeah. Now hold the phone because this is the first time that Bianca has heard this phrase, thus. And she's like, what do you mean? And so Wes starts explaining it. And I want to I want to note that you could tell he's not trying to be malicious. You could tell he's just completely unaware mm-hmm. of how this could hurt her feelings. Like for him, it's just this very like obvious, obvious fact of life. He's like, you're their duff, their designated ugly fat friend. Like he might as well be explaining a designated driver. Like, yeah, like you're their super friend. Yeah. You're going to drive them home at the end of the night. And he explains what a duff is. It is the designated ugly fat friend that is the gatekeeper to the hot friends. Yeah, he's like, every everyone has a duff. He says, everyone has a friend who's uglier than them and makes them look better. And I'm like, this is awful. <laughs> Am it's I awful, but it's true. <laughs> it's awful, but it's true. And then he's like, yeah, he's like, so he's like, you're the gatekeeper. He's like, you're the one that's approachable. You're the one that people go to to get info on your yeah on the other girls. Like he is so oblivious at first. Then when he realizes that he may have hurt her feelings or that he did hurt her feelings, when he when he realizes that he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I'm not saying that like you're fat or that you're ugly. He's like, right. I'm just stating that all group has one. So he starts pointing out other people. Like he's like, do you see that girl over there? And she's like, yeah, she's really cute. He's like, yeah, but look at her friends. Yeah, he's like, you don't have to be ugly to be a duff. It's just it's just a catch-all phrase for the, it's the least attractive person in a friend group. Bianca has really let this whole duff thing, like, get in her head. I think we all would, you know? She's in denial at first. She's like, I'm not a duff. And then she goes to school the next day, and she starts noticing everything. She notices how people address her friends in the hallway and not her, how the lunch lady, you know, addresses her friends. and. Bianca's like, hey, Elaine. And the lunch lady has no idea who she is. So she's just like, hey, you. She starts to realize that she's kind of that her friends, Jess and Cassie, are the main characters. And Mm -hmm. she's kind of a side character in her own life. Like, how sad is that? Yeah, for real. This evolves into anger. (laughs) Because the stages of grief. Because remember, her mom is a self-help guru, so she has all of these posters in her house about the stages of grief, and she doesn't even realize she's going through them. So the first one is denial, which she was in denial, and then she started to see the evidence, and then she was like, oh my god, I am the duff. I am the designated ugly fat friend. So now she's angry. Yeah. Um, And she thinks her friends did it on purpose. And they're in the newsroom and she confronts them and she's like, um, why didn't you tell me I was your death? And they're like, what are you talking about? She's like the designated ugly fat friend, the one that you have around to make yourselves look better. Like she is just kind of letting all of this like anger vomit out on her friends. No, she gets into a fight with them as if, you know, like you said, as if they planned this, as if they were using her to look better. Mm -hmm. And and it's it it's so rough. Like her friends don't deserve this. They're pretty good friends. Yeah, for sure. Her friends do not deserve this. And especially because her her friends really care about her, you know? And I think it was probably really jarring to them that Bianca just started coming at them like this. But I get it, you know, like she's angry right now and people do dumb shit when they're angry. Um, it doesn't make yeah. it right. I'm just that's just how it is, you know. You know what? I think she needs to acknowledge that hot people have feelings too, and she needs to be nicer to her hot friends. After she's letting all of this out, Bianca takes her phone out and she's she like unfriends them, and they're like, "Well, I'm gonna unfollow you on Instagram." Well, it's this big friend breakup, you know, where they're unfollowing each other. Yeah, let me tell you right now, this generation knows nothing like the anxiety of the MySpace top eight. Yes. Like the MySpace top eight has broke friendships because you imagine you had to publicly rank your friends from one to eight. Everyone could see. Everyone could see it. And then they could also see when it changed. They could see the shift. You know, you could see friendships die in real time Uh as someone moved from being number one to being number three to being number seven to disappearing from the top eight. Uh After this huge altercation, with her friends she goes outside and toby tries to talk to her oh her crush her crush her crush toby tries to talk to her yeah and he's like hey bianca nice socks or like those are really neat socks yeah and she just goes 
uh, sucks, and then just walks away. So in the list of words that she has said to this boy, Toby, she has said, uh, okay, bye, I, and socks. Uh, it's okay. It's fine. So fresh out of this embarrassing encounter with her crush, Bianca goes to her chemistry class mm-hmm. and she's having a hard time. So she just had her breakup with her friend. She realized she's the duff in the friendship. Um and now she's realizing, like, okay, this is why I can't ever talk to my crush. Is because on some level, I realize that I am the... I am the duff. I am the duff. And in, in this chemistry class is Wes, the, the hot neighbor, mm-hmm. childhood friend guy. And remember, he's the one who told her she was a duff. So yeah. she's not happy with him. And he doesn't understand why she's upset. He's like, dude, it's not a big deal. It's just a catch-all phrase. Like, I'm not calling you dumb, ugly, or fat. It's just that out of your friend group, that's who you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, not you specifically. That's just your role that you're filling. <laughs> it's it's a it's a job. It's a job. It you know doesn't. What I mean? It doesn't make this any better. Like Wesley, honey, <laughs> just, just just shut your I tiny know. little mouth. Just boop. Stop. He has zero emotional intelligence. He can't fathom why she's so upset. No, he absolutely cannot. Um, and after class, Bianca's cleaning up. You know her stuff, getting her bags packed. The teacher asks Wesley to stay behind. Bianca overhears that Wesley is failing chemistry. Yeah. And until he's passing, he's got to be benched during football games. And he's waiting. He's baking on a scholarship. Well, yeah, these are kind of big stakes for Wes because he needs to be on the football team to be able to get a scholarship to go to college. So he just got this horrible news of like, you're failing chemistry. Now you're off the football team. Now you might not be able to go to college. So Bianca overhears this and she gets an idea brewing in her head. An idea. She goes to football practice to propose her idea to us. And it's funny because he's doing laps. And so she's kind of doing laps with him. Um, And it's clear that he's, one, completely unfazed and, two, slowing his pace. (laughs) And also that Bianca is not used to running because she is so just... (sighs) Um, Anyways, she proposes, hey, listen, I need you to unduff me. Yeah. And he's like, well, what do I get out of it? And she's like, I'll help you pass Ken. Yeah. And he's like, I thought you hated me. She's like, I do. And I still think you're a dipshit and a man whore. But (laughs) But you're honest. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I kind of need you right now. Yeah. So if you could. This is one of my favorite little tropes. It's the whole like, it's like, hey, you teach me how to be hot and I'll teach you how to be smart. I'm like, okay, I like it. You can tell how comfortable Wes and Bianca are with each other. Yeah. Like the, that that childhood familiar familiarity has yeah. not faded. They shared butt water, you know. Like it's yeah. When you sat in a bath with another human being, like you're just close forever. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't go away. That that could be like a good team building exercise for us. We can sit in bath water, not at the same time. You can go after me. <laughs> you know, hot tubs are like the same thing, right? Oh God, I don't think about it. Pools. I'm one of those people, I'm really weird about pools. I don't like the idea of sharing butt water with people. The smaller the pool, the thicker the stew. Ew. So, you know, our hot guy neighbor slash childhood friend, Wes, he agrees to help Bianca out and help and help, quote, unduff her, help her become hotter, help her not be the ugly friend. That's a good neighbor. Yeah. Like a good neighbor. <laughs> like a good neighbor. Wesley rushes thin. <laughs> he takes her to the mall. And it's like that thing in the movies where if you change your clothes, if you buy new clothes, then you're going to change your life. So they're at the mall and they have like this cutest little video montage of her trying on clothes. Okay, so you know I love I love the trying on different outfits montage, but why is every outfit hideous? I, I know. Nothing there was cute. It all looked like 
super like bougie celebrity clothes that real people don't wear. So yeah, so she's trying on these clothes and I don't know what gets into her. She starts going ham. She does. She gets a little too comfortable. Um, and she starts <laughs> pretending one of the mannequins is Toby, her crush. Yeah. Um, and she's like, Toby, yeah. look at me. Don't look at me, Toby. Yeah. And then she like puts the mannequin's arm on her boob and she's like, Toby, no. She's she's acting like she's high on mushrooms or something. She's having she is. She's having like a whole three-act play with this mannequin. And at some point, the mannequin's head comes off and she's still, like, making out with the mannequin. I'm like, girl, you're at the mall. Like, people, people can, can see you're you. Not, you're not behind a steel wall. Like, <laughs> you're not at home. People can see you. And someone does. Madison's lackey, who films everything for Madison, happens to be at the yeah. mall. And she, um, she, uh, she she records that shit too. Yeah, she records Bianca twerking, dancing in different dresses, making yeah. out with the with the disembodied head of the mannequin. Like it, it's weird shit, man. It's weird. These are not good looks for Bianca. Okay, they're not. So the girl that's recording it, obviously, she sends it straight to her leader, Madison, the bitchy ex. Mm-hmm. And Madison is pissed that Wes is at the mall with Bianca again. Madison is, like, threatened by Bianca for some ungodly reason. Like, I don't understand. Again, I don't think it's just Bianca. I think that literally the lunch lady could talk to Wes and Bianca would be, like, hands off, whore. Like, the lady is married with grandchildren. I think you're safe. Bianca goes on. She doesn't realize that she was just filmed. And Wes gives her some assignments because he wants her to get comfortable talking to guys. Mm -hmm. So he sends her out to talk to guys. And can I just say, like, he gives pretty good advice because he says, like, you have to go out there and you have to take a few losses. And I'm like, this is great advice because when you get rejected a few times, you realize it's not the end of the freaking world. Like, you have Mm -hmm. to get out there and and fall down a few times. Yeah, you... You have to take a few hits, you know? You have to yeah. learn how to fall. And boy, does she. <laughs> she does. So the first guy is just like a dude eating a hot dog at the food court. And she yeah. just walks up and she's just like, hey, um, is that a wiener in your mouth? Or are you just happy to see me? The guy's like half chewing like what? <laughs> He's like, it's a bratwurst. And she's like, oh. She's being so awkward. And this is the whole point. You know, the whole point is Mm -hmm. for her to get practice talking to guys and get all the awkwardness out of her system. And she goes on to talk to what, like 15 guys at the mall? I think she said it was like 21. Well, she said she said she gave up after 17 and then 21 went really well. (laughs) Yeah. And she got this guy named Alan's phone number that works at Like a yogurt place, like a frozen yogurt place in the mall. I'm like kind of sad we don't see that guy again because I know they have really cute banter. Like he comes up and he's like, yeah, I am a topping specialist at the ice cream store. And she's like, wow, I didn't know that was a thing. I have a really hard time choosing toppings. He's like, I can give you my card. And they talk about ice cream toppings. I know. She's like, what's the number one mistake people make when it comes to topping? And he's like, granola. (laughs) He's like, you're asking me about my theories? I've waited my whole life to tell someone about my theories. He's waited his whole life to offer his topping his topping expert card to you, which honestly, in the wrong circles, could really get him a different clientele than he's looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. You've got to be specific. Yogurt topping consult. Kind of productive uh, training session that Wes has with her. By Mm -hmm. the end of it, she's feeling a little more comfortable Yeah, talking to boys. And then she goes to school the next day. She does not have a good day at school. Oh, girl, she has the worst. It is. This is probably a, this is a new core memory for her. It's a new core memory for me. (laughs) When I saw this, I was like, Because we see in movies where something embarrassing will happen to the girl and it's like, oh, that kind of sucks. Literally, I've never seen something more embarrassing happen in a movie because the Mm -hmm. video that that Madison's little lackey took was then edited down to be it was already embarrassing. Like you did not have to edit that to be embarrassing. And they edited it down to make it as creepy and embarrassing as possible. Like. I would have moved. I would have just disappeared. I would have dug a hole and just 
live there forever. I would have just kind of like dissolved like into a bush. Everyone's making fun of her. It goes to everyone. Yeah. The whole school has seen it, including the principal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the principal is discussing it with her newspaper teacher because he's the principal is like, OK, you know her. Do you think she she put this video out on purpose for attention? And the newspaper teacher is like looking at her, making out with the disembodied head of a of a mannequin. And uh-huh. he's like, yeah, no, I don't think she did this on purpose. Like this was um, no, no, <laughs> probably not. And Bianca just kind of goes to like the bathroom and cries, which I know is a pretty tame reaction. And also she doesn't have besties right now. I know. Like, that's what I was going to say. She's all alone in this. She's going through this really traumatic time and she doesn't mm-hmm. even have friends. Granted, it's her own fault because it is. It is. she broke up with her friends because they were hot. It was so unfair. Yeah. She, I would never she, break up with you for that, even though you're would- hot. I would never break up with you for that. You're hot. <laughs> um, you have that like super like exotic, sexy Latina thing going for you. Oh, so thanks. yeah, I look like one step above like a Chucky doll. Like stop, the most beautiful porcelain doll. It's, it's funny because I used to collect porcelain dolls. You creepy bitch. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> See, it, it wasn't creepy when I was younger. Like. I didn't really feel creepy until like I was like in my 30s because I my mom had them all until a few years ago and she gave them back to me. And I was so excited. I took them all out of the boxes. I fluffed their dresses up. I redid their hair. I set them mm-hmm. all up on my dresser. And my husband's like, you need to get rid of that. <laughs> Immediately, <laughs> no. That is so creepy. And I'm like, they're not creepy. They're adorable. I'm like, this one's name is Madeline. Her head is Bastion, but her hat covers it. And Frank's like, no, stop. It's something about the serene beauty and then the dead eyes. Yes. You know? So Bianca's ex-friends, the ones that she broke up with because mm-hmm. they were too hot. Uh, remember, one of them, Cassie, she's the, she's a techie girl. So she actually goes and shuts down the website that is circulating the video. Mm-hmm. And so when the when the principal and the teacher are looking at it, they it just the video it just, just vanishes. Yeah. Yeah. And the teacher's like, oh, problem solved. I wish that was how the internet worked because I know, right? At this point, There's no like, way. people have it saved on their phones. It's been yeah. tweeted. It's been shared on Facebook. It's been on Instagram. It's on TikTok. Like, at this yeah. point, you would have to shut down all the social media to get this gone. The entire internet. There's just no, that's the truth of it. There, in reality, there's no way. You would just have to find the internet and just explode it. Like that. But you know what? I was actually thinking about that. I was thinking about like, how do you come back from this? Because again, this is the most embarrassing freaking thing. And mm-hmm. I was trying to put myself in her shoes. Like, what would I have done if this happened to me? And looking at it with soap, obviously in the moment, you just want to disappear. But yes. I think the only way to handle a situation where you are the laughing stock is to pretend that that was the point. Yeah, that's how you handle it. I think if you pretend that it was a big, a, a big, uh, what do you call it? Like an act like a skit? Yeah, it was a skit, you know? And I was trying to be funny. So if everybody's laughing, then I win. Yes. So Bianca goes to, she doesn't know that Lackey was filming it at this point. Yeah, she thinks it was Wes. And so now she's like so mad at him. And so she goes to Wes in the cafeteria. And she's like, you know, I hope you had, you know, I hope you're happy, blah, blah, blah. You know, she is just kind of laying into him because she thinks it's him. And then one of Wes's teammates comes up with a mannequin and sort of he mocks Bianca and she kind of looks to Wes to defend her and he doesn't. Yeah, she's kind of hoping that he's going to stand up for her and he doesn't stand up for her and it really hurts her feelings. Even if she didn't think that he posted that video, the fact that he's allowing his teammates because Wes is sort of the ringleader of them. So she's like completely alone now and... She goes, oh, the principal, I want to say kudos to the principal because he takes this this uh, bullying thing. He takes it serious. He takes it super seriously. He puts in place a martial law where everyone has to turn in their devices. And I'm like, that's freaking awesome. Like, I don't think most principals would take it this seriously. Yeah, they don't because there's a liability issue. 
with the phones. Mm. So if the phone gets broken, if the phone gets stolen, if somebody picks up the wrong phone, there's a whole lot of very expensive liability issues with taking student cell phones. Yeah. So the principal is trying to mitigate kind of the bullying, but it just makes everyone hate Bianca more because now they're like, oh, great, because of you, my phone got taken away. Yeah. Like, I hope you're happy. Yeah. Everyone hates her more. So now they're not just laughing at her. Now they actively hate her. Yeah. Um, And that night she's home and Mm -hmm. Wes shows up. And it's funny because she opens the door. It just punches him. She punches him so hard. His head like snaps back and then snaps back forward. And he looks like nothing happened to him. Like he's made of plastic. He you know? goes and gets her eye, like her bag yeah. of frozen peas for her hand. He gets her frozen peas for her hand. And then he gets some for himself. And she's like, what do you need it for? And he's like, well, you're not the only one that's been punching people today. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really cute because... Um, in the locker room, he was, like, telling this other guy, like, listen, you're going to tell everybody that they're not going to share that video, that they're not going to yeah. talk about that video, you know, to leave Bianca alone. And the guy's like, I don't have that many friends. He's like, well, make more friends and then tell them. <laughs> yeah, so apparently, even though Wes did not stand up to her in front of his friends, mm-hmm. he, I guess, felt bad afterwards because he went around threatening people to yeah. make them stop watching the video, which at this point, it's a little too late because didn't the video get taken down anyway? So it's like... Yeah. Well, I mean, the video got taken down from like a, one a platform, website. but also yeah. like people, you could save that shit. Wes convinces Bianca, like, listen, I wasn't the one who who did the video. You know it wasn't me. The angle was from a completely different place from where I was sitting. And she believes him. Yeah. Um, he kind of gives her a pep talk. So, first of all, he, he brings a gift. He brings a gift. He gives her this dress. And she was a dress she was eyeing in the store as they were leaving. And it's like this really, like, sleek sexy looking long sleeve black dress that has like yeah, little sheer cutout parts. It's mm-hmm. a really like I love that dress. It is a really cute, like understated but elegant sexy dress. Yeah, and he bought it for her and she's just like, wow, thank you. And she's like, well, you know, she tells him there's no point in all your training because Toby, the guy she has a crush on, by the way, Toby was also being made fun of because remember, mm-hmm. Toby was she was talking about him in the video when she yeah. was making out with the mannequin. So everyone's kind of dogging Toby like, hey, I saw you in that video. <laughs> yeah, like it was probably definitely more embarrassing for Bianca, but also um, very embarrassing for Toby. Bianca tells Wes, she says, Toby wants nothing to do with me. He's so embarrassed. And Wes tells her, like, hey, just, you know, just go ask him out and and own it. You know, tell him that, yeah, the video is embarrassing, but you guys got to move on. Mm-hmm. Just face yeah. it head on. Just be a bad, be a bad bitch. I just kept thinking, like, Wes gives good advice. Like, he, he really gives good advice for, like, a jock that not suppo- he's not supposed to be that smart. But and yet he kind of is. For a jock that keeps going back to his, like, horrible Toxic ex. ex. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of wise. So... She takes his advice and she goes to school the next day and she talks to Toby and she's like, you know, maybe we could hang out sometime. And he's like, yeah, how about, you know, Friday? He invites her over his house. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But then she doesn't she doesn't know what to do at this point. She is so out of her league. And so she goes into the boys locker room and... (laughs) The boys are like, oh, my God, this is a boy. She's like, oh, embarrassed? Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't know embarrassing. Get out of here. What is it? This is like the second movie we've done where a girl just walked into the guy's um, into the guy's locker room. Listen, I just a locker room, like a boy's locker room to me just sounds like a fucking nightmare. Like, it sounds like it smells like ass. Like, it mm-hmm. just sounds like a horrific place to step foot in. Yeah. And they try to make it seem like it's a sexy place full of buff teenage boys. The first movie, The Kissing Myth that we did, where she went into the boys' locker room, she did that on accident. Yeah. Um, Bianca just walked right in there like, Wes, Wes, where are you, Wes? She was looking for Wes. But she's freaked out because she's never been on a date before. She's like, I need help. I asked him on a date. He said yes. I don't know what to do. And he gives her like a crash course in like dating, like a football play. 
what he draws on the chalkboard. Like this is where we're really seeing that Wes, you know, he again, he's he's kind of smart. Like he has this down to a science. Uh-huh. And he gives her all sort of advice. Like, is he leaning in close to you? Is he tilted towards you? Is he trying to yeah. impress you? Like he gives her all these cues to look out for. And also like no one's kissing if they're sitting on opposite sides of a table. You want a booth. You want to sit together. You yeah. will want dim lighting. You know, he's giving her really great advice on dating. Yeah. And then I think it's later that night or maybe the next day, she goes to Wes's house to pick him up to give him some chemistry lessons because that was their deal. You know, I'll help you pass chem if you help me get Toby. She got Toby and now she's like, now I need to hold up my end of the deal. And Wes's parents are fighting. They are fighting wildly. And you can just tell Wes is so frustrated when he leaves the house. She's like, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. And he goes, I don't want to talk at all. As far as fights are concerned, like I've heard worse. It's like his parents were fighting in a very like polite way. Like, could you please stop putting out that there? My gosh, you do complain a lot and a door slamming. And Wes is just like, my life is horrible. And I'm just like, okay. (laughs) But so Bianca takes him to her big rock. She calls it her special place. Uh What is it about people having special places in the woods? Like, can we leave the woods alone? Can we stop having special places in the woods oh my god that is the bear special place no, no you you leave the woods alone like yeah. that's why it's outside the woods don't want you all there do you want to get eaten by a bear yeah or a wolf? do you want to get kidnapped by a wolf and taken to the spring court you, it's like you've never read ya fiction <laughs> like i don't it's like you've never seen a crime documentary. You've never, yeah, every single true crime or crime documentary, or it always starts with someone finding a body in the woods. Like, just nothing good happens in the woods. Just stay out of the fucking woods. Um, so she takes him to her special place, her big rock. And it's, I think it's really adorable because when they're there, she, um, she goes, I present to you big rock. And he's like, what do we do? <laughs> She's like, well, first you sit on the rock. Yeah. And then you think. And then you think. While they're at the big rock, um, they have a moment. Wes and Bianca have, they have a, a very intimate moment. They kind of make eye contact and he just leans in and he kisses her. Yeah. And she kisses him back. They kiss for a minute. And then he realizes what he did and pulls away. Yeah. And he, he tries to act like this was just another part of his training. He's like, this is, this is lesson number seven, number eight. Lesson number eight, the kiss. You know, I think I figured you hadn't made out with anybody in a while. You know, I just want to make sure yeah. you were ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, does it does it feel like I haven't made out with anybody for a while? And he goes, I'm kind of a tongue guy. And then she says, I can tell. It's like it was coming out of my butthole. <laughs> she starts dogging him on his kissing style. So he's like, all right, so, you know, what are you going to give me a kissing lesson now? And she's like, yeah, close your eyes. I'll teach you how girls kiss. And at first, I think that's what she's doing. You know, she's like, close your eyes, lean in. She gets like a half an inch from his mouth and then she licks the side of his face. (laughs) Yeah, she trolls him. She just licks the side of his face. And he's like, oh, you got me. (laughs) Again, a wacky is there running in the woods alone. Like, what the fuck? Why is she everywhere? Like, everywhere. Madison's little videographer lackey girl is in the woods and she just happens to stumble upon them. And then she, of course, videos it and sends it to Madison. Yeah. This girl is a supernatural Mm. creature. That is like, that is an unexplained phenomenon in that movie is how that girl just happens to be at the right place at the right time with her phone out. She's like a stalker. I would be pressing charges at this point because it's just getting weird. Like, she's followed me to two locations and videoed me. No, but what if she is? Like, they never say this, but literally that is the only explanation is that Madison tasked her with following them. Oh, so weird. So after that whole weird thing with Wes, where it's like, did he mean to kiss me? Did he not mean to kiss me? Uh-huh. There's there's like major like you belong with me, Taylor Swift energy happening. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, so Bianca goes on her first date with her crush, Toby. 
Yes. So she goes on her date with Toby. She is at the the peak of her plan here, you know? Like, this is yeah. what she's been working towards. And Toby seems really sweet, you know? He made, mm-hmm. he made sushi. He had everything set up at his house, you know? He set up the table. He's like, I learned how to make sushi for you. I'm like, hold on, Toby. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. It's really sweet that he learned how to make sushi for her, but I... I I barely trust a qualified restaurant to make sushi, let alone a 16-year-old boy. Right? Uh, <laughs> well, see, like, if he was using, like, artificial crab meat or, like, cooked shrimp, like, it's probably fine. Yeah. But if he's using any type of raw fish, no. <laughs> Bianca is sort of like a fumbling disaster here. She's trying to think back to all the things Wes said to her, like, sit next to him, not across from each other. So she's moving a chair. Get the lighting mm-hmm. dim. So she's trying to figure out the light. Like, she turns all the lights off because she's trying to figure out, like, how to dim them or whatnot. Yeah. And he's like, oh, do we blow a fuse? She's like, oh, yeah. I think so. He's like, it's okay. I'll just go flip it back on. Like, he, Toby is so chill. It seems to be going really well. He seems to be wanting to impress her. He says that he wrote a song he wants to play for her. Which, God, don't ever do this to anyone. Like, don't ever make someone sit through a song that you wrote. Like, you're not Taylor Swift. It's just not okay. Unless you're Taylor Swift, then by all means. Literally, the only person who can get away with, hey, can I play you the song that I just wrote, is Taylor Swift. Anyone else, it's immediately no. Just don't do it. Her and Toby are talking at dinner, and she keeps having these, like, daydreams where she starts kissing Toby, and then he turns into Wes. Oh, yeah. And so she takes she takes a breather. She goes to the bathroom and she's like smacking her face. She's like, come on, bitch, get it together. Get it together, yeah. Bianca. She's like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You're not into Wes. And then like this apparition of Wes is like, yeah, bitch, you are. You, <laughs> you want to kiss me? So she goes back out. You know, she just gave herself like a pep talk. Like, you're here with Toby. This is what you wanted. You're not into Wes. Just get your shit together, Bianca. Yeah. And she goes out. And he starts playing her this song. And it, it's not bad, but it's like, it's not good. It it starts off strong, but it very quickly goes off the rails. It tapers off. He needs to work on it a lot more. This is obviously a first draft. Yes. It's all right, boy. We've all been there. We're both writers. We feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she is listening to the song. And he is like, so somebody is a mind we're wondering. Do you... Casey and Jess have dates Mm -hmm. for homecoming. He starts asking about the friends. Yeah, he starts asking about the friends. And she has this moment of panic. Uh, She even tells him, like, yeah, like, we had kind of a falling out. Like, Casey and Jess and I, like, aren't friends anymore. Yeah. But he's still asking about them. Yeah. And she has, like, this, like, moment of crisis where she's like, oh, my God, I'm still the fucking dust. Yeah, she kind of realizes or she kind of starts suspecting that Toby is getting close to her just to gain access to her hotter friends. Yeah, and she 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 confronts him on it immediately. And I thought he was going to be like, whoa, like I thought it was just an insecurity and he was going to be like, no, 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 I'm not interested in your friends. But he kind of admits it. He's kind of like, well, yeah, when you said you wanted to hang out, I, I thought. You meant you and your friends. I thought they would be here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bianca. And so she, she's like, no, I'm leaving. Thank you for your time. But like, I'm she, fucking leaving. She's so heartbroken. She is. As she's walking away, he's like, hey, Bianca. And for a minute, I think he's going to redeem himself. But he's like, can I have my jacket back? Yeah, because he gave her his hoodie because it was cold. He's like, here, have my hoodie. As she's leaving, she also sees that he ordered all that sushi he supposedly made. He ordered it. And I'm relieved. I'm like, girl, thank God you didn't eat some homemade sushi. In other words, um, Toby is just like a liar and trash. Yeah. He's just a doofus like every other 16-year-old boy. Like, oh. get out of here. And then on her way home, she calls Wes because she's had a really bad time and she just wants to talk to him. You know, she. Yeah. That's a, that's really telling that the first person she calls is Wes, you know. Well, he's only the, he's also like her only friend right now. That's true. He is her only friend right now. Don't make this less sweet. Okay, okay. I'll try not to. She could have called her mom. 
No, her mom's on a date, too. No, she could have called her mom. And also her mom's, like, the worst to talk to. But anyway. Yeah, her mom would have gave her some bullshit advice. Like, well, when you fall off the horse, just find another one and kick it in the nuts. Can we talk about the problem with self-help? Is how vague. Like, it's literally just a Pinterest poster. And they act like they are giving you practical advice, but it's not practical. They don't give you workable advice. They give you ambiguous advice. They give you, like, pretty motivational stuff that makes you feel good. It's not tangible. Right. They don't give you a plan. It's not a step-by-step. It's a, hey, grab yourself by the bootstraps and pull yourself up. And it's like, wow, yes, I should do that. But where are my bootstraps? Yeah, it should really be like, hey, girl, identify the areas in your life that you can do less in, ask for help, you know, cut out the slack. Like, it should be a step-by-step thing, not so ambiguous. Step one of pulling yourself out of depression is admitting that you were depressed. Step two is pumpkin pie. (laughs) Step two is pumpkin pie. Step three is taking a shower and changing into a new pair of black leggings. Like, Hell yeah. you know? Hell yeah. Cozy sweater. Girl. Step four is treat yourself. You need to leave the house. You're going to leave your house. You're going to go to Starbucks. You're going to get yourself a cup of spice latte. Yeah. Then you're going to come immediately home and get back in bed. But that's actually great advice. You know what? And I think we both have experience with depression. Mm-hmm. And it's like... One thing that you don't think about when you're in that place, but really does help, is to take care of yourself physically. Take a shower, make put on makeup, try to feel better physically mm-hmm. because it is it does kind of elevate. I mean, it's 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 not going to cure your depression, but you will feel twenty percent better. Yeah. And then, who's ever been sad while drinking a pumpkin spice latte? I don't. I don't know. Demons. Demons and apparitions from hell only. Yes. She calls Wes and he doesn't answer. And she leaves yeah. him this like heartbroken voicemail that like, Wes, Ugh. Toby's a liar and he just wanted information about Jess and Cassie. Yeah. She's like, she's like crying and she's so sad. She's like, I just wanted to talk to you. She says, he duffed me. He duffed me. Yeah. She can't get a hold of Wes and she just goes to her big rock. And Wes is there. Yep. He's there making out with Madison, who, again, even though they keep making out, they're not together. They're broken up and they're constantly making out. But anyway, yeah, nothing wrong with that. But, you know, that's so heartbroken. Like she went to her she went to her rock of peace in the middle of the woods, her special place. But you know what, girl, you shouldn't be going to your special place in the middle of the woods late at night. Like, What are you doing by yourself? I really want to think that this is, like, in the woods, but it's, like, barely in the woods. Like, I want to think that, like, 10 paces in any direction will get her <laughs> to, like, a neighborhood or a police station or something. One one can hope. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think she's probably pretty deep in the woods. And then she goes home, and Wes shows up. He hears the voicemail, and he shows yeah. up, and he's like, I'm so sorry. And she's really angry at him. She's like, you took Madison to my big raw. And again, his lack of emotional intelligence, he he doesn't understand why she's so upset. He's like, you told me I could use the rock, too. She's like, you, you could use it. I mean, but why? I don't like the lack of emotional intelligence. It's like you realize that this Madison chick is the reason that that Bianca went through all this embarrassing stuff and, you know, got humiliated at school. And then you bring her. You bring her to her to Bianca's special place. Like it's so it's he's so it to quote Taylor Swift. He is so casually cruel. You yes. know, and I can't hold it against him because, again, he it's just comes from a lack of emotional intelligence, but it doesn't make it any less hurtful. Yeah, it doesn't come from a malicious place, but it's definitely like she's not having a good time. She's sort of not having a good time. <laughs> no. um, and she sort of kicks Wes out. You know, she's like, you know, I just fuck off fuck all the way off then she does what she should have did a long time ago and she calls her besties and she makes up with them i know and dude her friends were so ready for the reconciliation they are so they're there they're supportive they hear her out and forgive her they offer to forego homecoming oh yeah at the drop of a dime they're like we don't have to go to homecoming we can stay home and relax with you Bianca's yeah. like, no, come on. You guys have to go to homecoming. And then her mom gets involved. So her mom was listening at the doorway. Her mom's like, no, yes. you you will not be foregoing homecoming. 
you guys are going to go be the bad bitches that you are. Like her mom actually says some pretty decent stuff this time, you know? Her mom says something that for me was like the thesis of of adolescence where Uh she says, yes, you're weird, but just, you know, be weird. Like turn it up to 11. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is the best advice. Like literally you take what's different about you and you turn it up to 11. Yes. And and you own it. And then her besties jump in and they make her this awesome dress. So the one that's yeah. a designer, Jess, she makes her this amazing dress. She uses the black dress that Wes bought her. So it's kind of representing the new Bianca. But then they also take her favorite flannel shirt and they incorporate it into the design of the dress. And it's, you know, kind of it's a representation of the old Bianca. So she's it's meshing the two sides of herself. And she looks stunning. It's a really cute dress. And like you said, it's more personal than just a plain black dress. And when she gets to prom, she sees Wes and she goes over and he's like, you look amazing. And she's like, thanks. And she was like, you know, somebody once told me that if, you know, you're into somebody, you just need to tell them that like, hey, I'm into you. I'm into you, Wes. Yeah. And then he tells her, he's like, well, you know, I just got back together with Madison. And she's really mature about it. She's like, well, I hope you guys are really happy together. You know, like, I hope that works out for you. And then Madison comes over and just tries to be a catty little twat. Mm, This is my favorite part in the whole movie. And Madison's like, oh, my God, you're such a loser. And she's like, okay. Yeah, well, she's threatening her. Madison is like, you know, I have the second half of the video where you were going up in the mall and you were talking to these random guys and they were all rejecting you. I'm preparing that video and I'm preparing to publish it. And yeah. Bianca's like, Bianca's like, okay, if that's what you feel you need to do, then great, do that. Do it. And Madison's just kind of like caught off guard because there's no fun. There's no fun in someone not being terrified of her. Yeah. And you know what energy this reminded me of? Hmm. It reminded me of when I was a senior in high school and I was dating this guy. He was in the football team. And there were like girls that wanted him and hated me because I was dating him. And there was this one girl who had a crush on him and literally wanted to fight me. And her and I got into it once into like a verbal argument. And she like scheduled a time to beat my ass. <laughs> she was like. She put it on your Outlook calendar. Like she like the- she like sent me a calendar request. No, she was like, meet me at like four o'clock, like here. I'm gonna beat your ass. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Dude, I was fucking terrified. Like I was pretending like I was like this big tough girl. I was so scared. And I mentioned it to multiple people because I was hoping that somebody would be like, oh, I got you, girl. Like, I got your back. Fucking no one offered to help me. So <laughs> I was walking home the long way to avoid this spot. The next day, the girl in class, she was like, oh, you didn't even show up. Just at the drop of a dime, I came up with this, like, spin on things. I was like, oh, I forgot. Like, I have a life. Were you waiting for me? I was like, wow, that's really <laughs> pathetic that you were waiting for me. I was like, why are you so obsessed with me? And so it oh made, my God. like, I flipped it to where, like, her wanting to fight me made her look stupid because it made her look obsessed with me. Nice. And I didn't, like, she never tried to do that again. But this is kind of what Bianca did because Bianca's just like, okay, well, this seems to be very important to you. You seem very obsessed with being the coolest, sexiest, most popular girl. That's really great for you. And I support yeah. that. I love it. And Wesley <laughs> does kind of step in at this point. He's like, Madison, like, that's enough. Yeah. Like, you need to stop. Bianca also tells Madison, she's like, hey, you treat Wes like he's an idiot. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's not. He's really freaking smart. Yeah. And he's a good guy. Like, you need to treat him better. And there's something in Wes's eyes where you could tell that he feels seen for the first time. Uh-huh. Because I think when you grow up your whole life and people treat you like you're not that smart, you start believing it. Like, I know people like that, that their whole lives they were kind of like... Uh-huh told that they weren't smart he you could tell that he felt seen and he felt like wow she sees me in a in a realer way than mm-hmm. my girlfriend does i i think that's one of the things to where like we sometimes don't think about how we hurt boys's feelings they have feelings like sometimes we think like the penises are like an antenna that block out the feelings but it's they're not, not. 
And, and, you know, I'm trying to raise my boys to have emotional intelligence and identify their own emotions and think about how their actions affect other people's feelings. Because for generations, men were not raised to be emotionally intelligent. It was seen as a weakness. Yeah, it was seen as a weakness for them to show any sort of emotion other than anger. Right. Like, emotions are for women. Are you a woman? Do you have a vagina? Then quit sniffling about how your dog of 14 years just got hit by a Domino's pizza delivery man. Jesus Christ. That was oddly specific. (laughs) When when I was 11, my dog got hit by Domino's man. See, I knew this was going somewhere adjacent to therapy. Once again, Courtney. This podcast is my therapy. (laughs) Listen, no, it's fine. I don't need help. I just need an audience. All right. And I have it. (laughs) Anyways, so and then they announce this is my favorite part of the movie. They announce the homecoming queen, which is, of course, Madison. Then they announce the homecoming king. And Mm -hmm. it's Wes. And he makes. They call his name and everyone's waiting for him to come up. You know, it's 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 been a minute, so now it's kind of awkward. But Bianca looks up and he's making eye contact with Bianca. And they have like a yeah. moment. Yes. They have a moment. <laughs> yes. And then he starts walking, like the crowd parts at the Red Sea, and he starts walking towards her. And she's like, aren't you going to get your crown? And he goes, no, I'm going to get the girl. And then he kisses her. Butterflies. When I tell you, I immediately rewrote the book of my life. And I was like, I do not want my husband to ever kiss me again unless he is walking toward me. Like, I want that momentum. Like, you need to be walking toward me. You need a head start. I want to feel that tension and momentum. And I need you to say that you are foregoing being homecoming king to kiss me. Okay? That's that's all I yeah. ask for. I don't think it's a lot. No. It's the, it's the tension that they built up when they made eye contact. Yeah. And he turns around and she sees it. Yeah. But I think also it's like the sentiment that he's like, nah, I'm going to get the girl. Yeah. They're making out and it's like so, it is so tense. And they go into the newsroom and then she's like stops for a second to like yeah. start writing her article for homecoming. She stops mid make out to write some notes for her article. And he's still like kissing her neck and... Yeah. Like trying to coax her back to his mouth. And she's like, I yeah. need to get this down real quick. Yeah, yeah. She remembers she was assigned that article about homecoming. Yeah. And then she did, She had no idea up until a few minutes ago what she was going to write about. And now it's coming to her. It did. It came to her. And she you know, writes about the being the deaf and how everyone's the deaf. The, the article is titled The Tales of a High School Deaf. For a long time, there were like these kind of categories of students in high school, like the jock or the popular kid or the the nerd or whatever. And she says that there's a new category and she adds stuff to the category. Nice. And there's all these kids reading the newspaper and they're like, I'm the duff. And, you know, it made me wonder, like, was I the duff? Because my best friend in high school was like still is i mean she's still one of my best friends so freaking hot and i'm like wait was i the duff i think i was the duff i i was definitely the duff (laughs) (laughs) um bianca's article is very well received Mm -hmm. and she's with she's with west now but it's funny because at the end she says but it's not about getting the guy or getting the popularity and i'm thinking although you got both yeah (laughs) very conveniently you got both but yeah, so, you know, she gets her happily ever after. And I really enjoyed this movie a lot. I really enjoyed it, too. It was really cute. Yeah, it is cute. That ending, especially the, are you going to go get that crown? No, I'm going to get the girl. Yes. Okay. Courtney is currently freaking out about a bug somewhere, but First I can't of all, see it. It's a huge fucking spider. And I'm going to try to clip it with this because I can't. It's like on my curtain. Don't kill it. The spider has... a. A role to play in this game, Frodo. The spider could be on its way to rid your house of evil and then you kill it. Well, you know what? It's going to die, so. (laughs) Either way, it's gone. All right, guys. Looks like the teapot is empty for today. More tea is brewing and on the way. If you liked our podcast, please leave a review and share with a friend. Like all of them. Share it with all your friends. How many friends you got? Your coworkers? Your mom? Your auntie? 
your dad's friends, your mom's friends, your uncle's friends. The cashier at Kroger that looks like they hate life. (laughs) They need this in their life. You know, all friendships are built on a common interest and your common interest with a new friend could be this podcast. Yeah. You know what? If you don't have common interest with someone, get them to listen to this podcast. Problem solved. Oh my gosh. Then you could talk about this instead of making awkward small talk. You could just talk about the crazy shit we talk about. I got you. I got you. Next time you're in line at the grocery store and that person behind you or in front of you just kind of makes like awkward eye contact with you, just be like, hey, you listen to Fiction Fixation? Let me tell you about it. <laughs> Knock them over their head, take them home, tie them to a chair, make them listen to the podcast. <laughs> but release them if they ask to leave. Like you have to. They didn't ask to be there in the first place. I don't think it makes it any less of a crime <laughs> if after you kidnap someone, you're like, okay, if you want to go, I'll let you go and you can't call the cops. I mean, that's what Tamlin seemed to feel like. <laughs> I know he did. He did. He took her against her will and then was like, you can go. All right. Um, you know, just just for the record, I was kidding. Do not kidnap anyone. Don't. That's a felony. Just, you know, we're not. No, we're anti-kidnapping. I thought we made that clear on episode one. Come you on. made that clear. Yeah, I did. You were kind of ambiguous about your your stance mm-hmm. on kidnapping. It's very situational. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.